Good day, brothers and sisters. Hope everybody is doing well this fantastic day. Every day is a great day, people. Don't ever let anyone say that it's not because every single day is a new birth as God has given you life again by waking you up. So be thankful, be happy, also be vigilant and be aware of what's going on as the master of deceit is in our midst, in our face right now as there are major events that are taking place around the world. As you're fully aware, 2020 was the beginning as we are working towards stopping what the globalists are trying to do with the United Nations UN Agenda 2030. That's what is this great reset that you keep hearing about. But I want to bring your attention today. Well, before I do that, my <laughs> our producers and everybody around us keeps telling me, hey, you got to remind people to go over to, to check us out at Neo420Talks on Instagram, at Neo420News on Instagram. Always our website, www.neo420.com, neo420.com. Go up to the menu bar. Up top, you can go to the news page, you can go to the talks, see our interviews, see our podcasts. Go over there and do that. We are working to get a new account established over at Rumble as well as Odyssey, so we will keep you up to date when that happens. I'm always looking for help because I can only do this in my in time that I can make for this outside of work and outside of life and everything else. So I really appreciate the, the community that continues to grow. I thank you for all the emails of support. If you want to get in contact, in touch with us, email us, contact at neo420.com. Love to hear from you. Love to have you to get up on our email list. And that's how you can do that. Email us there and request to get on our email list. And that's where we send out these great uh, one-off independent journalist reports that are done by individuals not controlled by the media or the Mockingbird media or anybody else, but freelance, free press, patriot journalists and reporters out there. So I want to bring you today uh, a report from someone that used to work with the United States Department of uh, Urban Development, Housing and Urban Development, also known as HUD. Her name is Catherine Austin Fitz. We've shown, we've played uh, previous interviews by uh, Fitz before uh, when she was exposing the mapping that she had done of all of the cities in 2020 that were targeted for destruction and burning and looting. And she mapped out those cities in different states and recognized that majority of the properties were owned by Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company, and that those properties were destroyed and likely going to be total losses and likely going to be for sale very soon to where 
investors like Warren Buffett or Berkshire Hathaway could purchase the properties at pennies on the dollar. So that is a form of an economic hit that is done on a localized area. And so I really encourage you to go out and do as much research and, and gathering and listening to uh, Catherine Austin Fitz as much as you possibly can because she has a great wealth of information. Um, I cannot remember what her website is called right now. I hope to get that up here soon. But if you just check out Catherine Austin Fitz, F-I-T-T-S, then you'll be able to find her. But let's get into this interview right now as she starts talking about the technocrats, how they are working to combine the global cabal with the technocracy and the health industry in order to create something that is beyond 1984. Here we go now. Are we already at war with a globalist syndicate that's consolidating power on Earth and in space? Here we go, former Assistant HUD Secretary Catherine Austin Fitz, stopping the technocrat takeover. Well, or was it? I, I read someplace with, and it, they had some general saying, you know, we're going to have to wear masks twenty four seven, including indoors, by ourselves. Yes. And I am just dying to know what the rationale. Yeah, I mean, I've I've tried to make lists of all the different hypotheses of what the mask thing is about. Yes. And uh, you know, I really don't know what it is. And at this point, I'm ready to believe that their cloning doesn't work quite for the mouth. <laughs> and and you know they want to let loose lots of of clones into the into the population because they can't do it unless everything's covering their mouth well because it's so weird you know it's one of my favorite you know every week on the Solari we have a Solari hero of the week and I don't know if you saw Tracy Clark and her colleague they're OSHA consultants and they're part of one of the Michigan groups and what I realized listening to them is, well, of course, the people who you should go to for advice on masks are OSHA experts because they have, you know, decades of science and laws and regulations. And basically what they're explaining is most of the mask da- mandates are in violation of OSHA laws and regulations. Oh, wow. It's not healthy to wear masks. Yes. And what you realize listening to them is, you know, all these months, you have all these OSHA experts who are scared to death to talk, and you realize how courageous they are for talking, but you realize how many people have been afraid and shut up, because okay. it's remarkable that they're, that they're mandating something which, under OSHA regulations, is deemed to be dangerous and not safe, and you would be, you know, you could be prosecuted as an employer if you were to require it, if you were and regulate it's getting right down to it. Well, it's right. weird, too, that Biden, part of his trip was a mask mandate from the federal level, which is something that they never pushed a Trump into. He never he was always against that. The thing, you know, Biden's job is to destroy all independent producers, period. Right. Because that's how you, you know, if you can switch everybody from being an independent producer to getting a government check, then you've got them. So their goal is to create mass dependency and shift to transhumanism and technocracy. And it's that simple. It's really that simple. It's that obvious. It's interesting with Biden because 
all the people around him that are popping up, there's a lot of neocons. And they've been saying, you know, endless wars was always a myth. We've done a lot of good in Afghanistan, built hospitals, and they've done this whole thing, and they're, like, rebranding the war effort after Trump wants to take it. It's so nice to have a nice hospital as you're being slaughtered and liquidated. (laughs) To have your body go through a nice hospital. (laughs) (laughs) So good uh, contractor fees. We know in Vietnam they used to smuggle drugs through the bodies. uh, Right. They probably haven't stopped that. Right. Absolutely. Stacking, that's what I love about them, the guys who run America. They are so good at stacking functions. They really taught me everything I ever knew about stacking functions. Yes. Yeah. Catherine, let's talk about Trump's policies putting China back in line and how the Biden neoliberal forces can't wait to get back in power and get that China gravy train of money going again for them. One of the reasons to get rid of Trump was the pushback on China. It did push back on them, and that's why I think there's been a tremendous effort both by the Chinese and the globalists to do something about populism. And it's not Trump that they're after. They're out to kill the independent producer. They want total central control of all production and labor. And they want to integrate humans into the robotics labor force. And, you know, they, they would rather just give everybody an independent business uh independent income you know with money that they print and so everybody has to sit sit down and shut up and do exactly what they say no independent producers no people sort of owning the the intellectual capital the capital and the operations to give them trouble so we're watching the boot come down on on independent economic ability the moves that uh, this is fascinating actually because as soon as the election was over of course it's not over as we know it's really over. Over. um but as soon as that started to happen trump's first moves post election night were to uh fire the defense secretary one and to remove other people at homeland security and shift around people at the Pentagon, including elevating General Tata, who right. very well spoken about intelligence interference and military work. What's going on there? So I don't know, I don't have the evidence of what has happened, but when I saw Esprit's response to Trump suggesting that we send in troops to deal with the riots, Yes. It looked to me like he was part of the group or in the know for the negotiation of the contracts to send the riders in the first place. In other words, what I submit we were watching was a real estate acquisition plan. And I think the you know, you had a multiple layered op of people being sent across state lines and finance state lines to go in and, and do what they were doing. And you know, when you saw how the Main Street and the establishment freaked when Trump said, you know, let's do something that really stops them. You know, Esprit looked like the guy who had negotiated a contract to have them all do that. And now with Trump suggesting he send in soldiers to stop them, 
you could see he had a major contracting problem. In other words, the, the guys who'd been paid to go wreck the place are saying, wait a minute, we never bargain. You know, our scope of work doesn't include having real soldiers with real guns try and stop us. We had open field running and now, you know, so, so they look, you know, he and, and that whole world of establishment figures, you know, their whole smart grid, real estate acquisition, opportunities on plan, I think, depended on clearing those places. And the last thing they needed was, and, and if you look at how Esprit reacted, he looked to me like a man who was in on the deal. Now, that's just pure high octane speculation. But if I was Trump, I, I think Trump was truly shocked. I don't think he realized, uh, you know, Barr and the Department of Justice had the ability, you know, when you're financing people to cross state boundaries to engage in arson and felonies, uh-huh. the Department of Justice has jurisdiction and can shut that down, and they did. Right. So. Do you, you know, think that could have just been political expediency? No, and I'll tell you why. If you read the Dylan Reed and the Aristocracy of Stock Profits, my online book. Yes. In 1994, Senator Biden passed the Omnibus Crime Bill of 1994, creating the economic basis for the private prison industry. The private prisons were then off and running, doing IPOs, raising capital, and everybody was licking their chops about all the real estate clearings you could do when you dropped in the SWAT teams and rounded up all the kids and stuffed them in prison. Okay? This is a huge real estate play. One of the biggest was in D.C. And the Republicans and the Democrats were in on the real estate acquisition altogether with Katie Graham, who even describes the real estate opportunity in African-American Washington in her biography. Thank you, Katie, for making it obvious where the Washington Post stood on all of this. So you had Republicans and Democrats alike, you know, thank you, Joe Biden, in on a whole deal. I describe it. It's all part of the drugs, you know, the real estate. But it was a real estate acquisition plan. And, And the problem with it was you were rounding up kids who were either entrapped with the drugs you were bringing in or who were just innocent walking down the street. You know, they had the misfortune of being poor and black and walking down the street. And you're rounding them up and putting them in slave labor camps. You know, let's not use the fancy word private prisons. These were slave labor camps. Right. And and if you, you know, I tell this, the whole story and, and document it, and document how much money everybody was using on it, wasting taxpayers' resources. This was a big financial engineering and big money, big profits. So if you look at how that worked, you know, it looks to me like Joe Biden and his friends are doing the same thing, and it's bipartisan. So there's no way that goes down, and Bill Barr does nothing unless you got you got plenty of Republican money in there, too. So my expectation is, you know, if you unpack the money, it's both sides. And remember, Kamala Harris is very clear, oh, the riots are going to continue. You're right. I'm sure they are because, you know, those tech billionaires need to roll their profits over into Opportunity Zone tax shelters. Right. Every every day I get these marketings of Opportunity Zone funds, and they are promising, you know, expected internal rates of returns on the projects that are absolutely fantastic. You know, in a low interest rate environment, how are you going to get those? Well, it's, you know, if, if you can just declare... 
you know, take Minneapolis, take Lake Street going across the middle of Minneapolis. If you can just declare all those businesses non-essential, shut them down, destroy their cash flows, and then come in and burn them out of their buildings, that's a real estate acquisition plan. Catherine, of course, you grew up in Philadelphia. Does this rampant voter fraud that took place there to swing the state to Biden seem beyond business as usual on some level? Well, here's the unbelievable thing, because uh, I'll never forget when Biden retired and Penn gave him this little institute, which is just more kickbacks. And I watched the university and the university endowment be a critical part of basically with the drugs and the mortgage fraud destroying that whole area, you know, and as the, as the, as all the black communities got devastated by drugs and mortgage fraud, the university would get richer and richer and richer. And so, and so then to watch Biden get this $5 million chair or whatever, it was just, it was just, it's like nothing changes. Nothing changes. But what was interesting is, so so election fraud has been with us for many, many decades in the United States. And it's been, you know, first it was the big uh, on-the-ground grassroots machines. Um, And then you had the digital systems come in and the computer fraud just went nuts. And in this election, we see both. And it was pretty amazing because if you look, we knew, you know, I don't think they could have beaten Trump without COVID-19. And I'm not saying they've beat him yet because, you know, it's still, I don't like to call things over until it's the state certifications are over. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the quality of the lawsuits are or the quality of the evidence they're able to produce up against the particular state laws. It all gets very sort of bottom up quickly. So... I don't know what the state of play is, if there's 10% chance or no chance or 100% chance. I just don't know. But um, but it ain't over. And uh, even if Trump is lost, Trump has tremendous reasons to want to bring out in court as much as possible and yeah. to fight this as much as possible, particularly until the Republicans lock up the Senate. They still have not locked up the Senate, and that's very, very dangerous. But this time we saw this layer uh, added by the mail-in ballots. And and Barr knew, it was very interesting, Barr gave an interview a month before the election, and he said this mail-in ballot process is very, very bad. He knew how bad it was going to be. Because it gives you the ability to basically wait until you see how many votes you need and then pile in, you know, 250,000 completely counterfeit ballots. Boom. Yeah, it was funny. One subscriber sent me a link to the Pennsylvania database, and you can go look at the database online. And you just it, you play with the table press, and you have hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are born in like eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred. <laughs> you're looking at it, you're going, "What?" <laughs> so I think part of the occult trick was to make it so obvious, yeah, and so in your face. That, you know, it's all part of the Covidian cult. So, you know, this is all part of getting you to pretend to an official reality that makes no scientific, you know, sense and has no basis in fact. 
I'm going to stop the interview right there. It still has over 45 minutes to go, but this is part of what you can get joining us on our email list. I will be able to send you this full interview as we are continuing to push out the fact-based information. As we always say, we are speaking truth against their lies. So it's important, people. What she covered, I I didn't even, I had not heard this uh, this interview yet. Only the first couple of minutes. I did not know that she went into the real estate aspect of this entire scheme that these globalists are playing against us, utilizing all of the different corrupt methods. But you know, to recap, the cabal are individuals that are here in America and internationally. Some of them are Americans, some of them are not, but they have no allegiance to the United States for America. This cabal is wanting to destroy America in order to make the uh, Asia Pacific, primarily China, the new center of the world because they've already controlled it. They've been controlling it since 1949 whenever they put in the CCP and developed it. The CIA has infiltrated all of the major media companies, and as I've reported recently, all of the media companies, the big ones are owned by six companies. All of those are controlled by the CIA as Mockingbird from Project Mockingbird. The CIA developed to infiltrate them. They're controlling the, the narrative. They're controlling the lies. They're controlling the information, but they are trying to convince you that everything that they say is correct. I pray to God that you have the discernment and you have the understanding to realize that it is not right and that you continue to press out and push this information. As she said, and all of us know, it is not over yet, people. So continue to spread the information. Continue to seek independent media like us, reporters that are free press, patriot journalists. For those who do, I salute you.